It's Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics, starring Scooby-Doo and the gang. Scooby-Doo. Blue Falcon and his mechanical misfit, Dynamut Dog Wonder. That's me! <laughs> and introducing the world's first superhero, Captain Caveman, and his mystery-solving companions, the Teen Angels. Captain Caveman! And it's round-the-world triple-team competition with the Scooby-Doobies, Yogi Yahooies, and Really Rottens. <laughs> 45 stars in the Lap Olympics. Yes, it's Scooby's All-Star Lap Olympics. Ready, set, let's go! Yeah! A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Peter Bushman, and the episode that he has selected for us to discuss is Scooby-Doo's All-Star Laugh Olympics Season 1, Episode 2, Acapulco and England, which probably sounds like gibberish to most of you listening, but that's the name in the episode, and that's what we're going to be discussing. Peter, I'm very glad to have you back. Um... Yeah, thank you so much for having me once again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just yeah, you're you're just you're someone I've wanted to have back this whole time. Um, you know. Oh, thank you. Well, you've been having a really great run of guests. You were on hiatus for a few months, but now yeah. you're back to weekly releases. Yes, and you're far better at doing weekly releases than anyone else I know. Well, <laughs> myself <laughs> yeah. included. It helps that I'm. I I I, I record ahead of time, um, mm-hmm. so I got this won't come out for a few weeks, and then also okay, um, I it's just me and the guest, you know, I don't have to coordinate with the co-host. Um, yeah, definitely, you know I mean? which is good. Uh, but definitely being able to bank up works in case either my schedule gets really, you know, tight or. Um, you know, I just don't feel like recording an episode one week or something. But yeah, uh, but yeah, as as said before, you have been on the show before. You were on the uh, the hot dog dog episode, the Joey Chestnut episode, um, and that was a great time. I absolutely. and I am proud of myself that I think that it's still the longest episode. Oh, without today, question, right? We, we've had a couple people. Um, we've had a couple people get get a little close well I'm, I'm starting to go a little longer but um but yours is still handily the longest and uh and who knows maybe this one will somehow go even longer i don't think that's possible mm, but, i yeah. doubt it because uh <laughs> like spoilers the episode that we covered today isn't all that particularly interesting really uh, we're mostly covering yeah. the show in totality that it comes from it's the show that's interesting not necessarily the episode because from what i can gather like every episode is you know they're all interchangeable yeah. um though i did select a more of uh, vanilla episode so that we could kind of talk about it in a more fundamental way as uh even though there are some episodes that seem 
like it would be much wackier. Yeah. In particular, the series finale seemed yeah. insane. Um. Yeah, I mean, we're here to talk about Scooby Doo's All Star Life Olympics, which, um, I reached out to you specifically to uh, come on to discuss because. I knew you would be probably the only person willing or interested in doing so. <laughs> um, I love all these true. Hanna-Barbera characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> all these characters you know and love and recognize immediately. <laughs> yeah, don't you love um, Dread Baron? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you love Fondue Magician? <laughs> I, I love... He's He is... Yeah, we'll, we will definitely be um, be digging into some of these characters simply because, I mean, that's all you can do, really. But um, I wanted to, because you probably don't know this, Peter, but this is officially, because I've, I've said this and gotten it wrong a couple times already, but I'm, I'm 99% sure that this is the last Scooby-Doo series that is yet to be covered on Heavy Metal. With, wow, yeah, really? Already? With, with one caveat, which is um, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue, which this is, uh, yes. this has now become... Uh, it seems to have been in the works for quite a while, yes, frankly. This, this has now become a, uh, a, a, a thing on this podcast, but I recorded an episode of it with a mutual friend of ours, um, and... It was a contentious episode because they watched the entire show in preparation. Not not at my yes. request. They did it all on their own. Which yes. I can't I would not wish on my worst enemy because I hate that show very much. I think it's easily the worst in the Scooby Doo oeuvre. Um but we recorded this episode and then I lost it. I I no longer have oh, no. the file. Yeah. Um and I uh, I was wondering what happened to that episode, like yeah. why it hadn't come out when this um this long watch of uh Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue had frankly become legendary in our circles. Yeah, it's maybe tr- I'm it's, overstating it a little bit, but it's certainly it's truly an undertaking um, along the likes that I would do. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> One would say it is a. Uh, it's almost Shakespearean in how tragic it is that this episode is not come out. But <laughs> um, out of uh, out of both selfishly and out of respect for the person who was on that episode, um, I have decided that I will not cover Shaggy and Scooby Doo Get a Clue unless either they come on again to discuss it themselves, or um, they just give me permission to do it with somebody else. But it just feels yeah. very much like their territory at this point. And yeah, of course. And I don't think that anybody else really is clamoring to do so. <laughs> um, so that's that's the official line in the random drawing is that you you should not expect uh, Shaggy and Scooby to get a clue on the heavy metal feed anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but other than that, this is the last one that is yet to be covered. There's a couple that, as we are discussing, as we are recording right now, have not come out yet. But this is the last one mm-hmm. to be recorded that will. Uh, cover the entire span of Scooby-Doo. And, I mean, likewise, this show is a Scooby-Doo show with an asterisk, with a caveat, uh, because it's really only Scooby's Laugh Olympics for branding. Like, Scooby-Doo 
isn't any more, no, yeah. you know, he, particular to it than any of the other characters who are in it. I believe uh, he but has one well, line in the episode <laughs> total. Yeah, and Shaggy has like two, and yeah. that's all of our Scooby-Doo representation throughout the entire episode. Yeah, without question. Um, you know, we can get into uh, we can get into this show in a second, but um, oh, but I do have a few various Scooby Doo things yes, to exactly. talk about. I was, I was, um, I knew that you would come in with with something extra that we could use to delay talking about the All Star Life Olympics as long as possible. So, <laughs> yeah, with all, yeah, with all means, what what have you got for me here? Uh, here. one thing. This is this is just anecdotal, but I had a very lovely conversation with my cousins at a family reunion I went to last month where I tried, I dared them to figure out what celebrity shows up in Scoob to send it off the rails. Oh, and I find it's a very fun game. And people should do this with anyone they know. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, for anyone who should we talk about it? I, I guess we should. Let's go ahead. Sure. I mean, Scoob um, is the All Star Lap Olympics of the 2020s, without question, or at least it attempted yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, that is actually something. I uh, I I want to go more into that thought, but I I feel like we shouldn't go that into Laugh Olympics right now. But you know what? Whatever. I'll say it anyway. I think is. Scooby-Doo's Laugh Olympics, the first time we've had an intentional IP crossover outside of comic books. Um, well, the inspiration for uh, Scooby-Doo's All-Star Laugh Olympics is Battle of the Network Stars. So would you count that in the... in the definition um battle well, of the network i'm humiliated stars. i don't know battle of the network stars. oh you don't look you're that fine up right it now. is an extraordinarily uh esoteric um <laughs> uh piece of media at this point but it was a uh it was a show on i don't know one of the networks abc or cbs or something that um was like this but like a real show it was stars of the sitcoms that were on the network uh engaging in, in stupid or silly um activities you know uh mm, but i guess say it's close but from what i can see it's like these network stars it's the actual actors that's right true. I'm seeing yes, like, it's, the, it's not like gilligan versus uh i don't know lucy I don't know, versus the, uh, michael young michael jackson or something yeah. versus the osmonds yeah uh seeing lavar burton seeing young kurt russell uh, lots of 70s people. Billy Crystal. Wow. Mm. They revived it in the 2000s. Oh, jeez. I can't even imagine. But now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, the answer is no, because the real answer is it's the... Um... <laughs> As Corbin Blue Oof. on the Ronda Rousey team. <laughs> oh, did they, they bring it back? They yeah, in 2017. Oh, 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 boy. That <laughs> oh Jonathan Lipnicki. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, I gotta stop looking at this list. No, please go ahead and read. All day. Go ahead and read it to me because I don't know. I didn't know that this version of the show existed at all. Um, 
Battle of the Network uh, Stars 2017. Here we go. So every episode has a blue team that is led by American linebacker Demarcus Omarware and a red <laughs> team that's led by Ronda Rousey. Okay. And this is 2017, so this was briefly when... Uh, Hollywood thought that Ronda Rousey would be the next big thing yes. in a uh, filmed entertainment. Um, and so each of the teams have like different themes. So it's like, oh, it's like, like the White House team versus the lawyers team. So like the White House team would be all people who are on like uh, West Wing and stuff. And the lawyers team is like law and order people, etc., etc. And, and honestly, it's, uh, the, uh, themes are, like, ABC stars versus, you know, like, TV lifeguards. <laughs> um. Gosh. John Barrowman is in the Troublemakers category with Vivica A. Fox? What does that mean? <laughs> that, yeah, uh, that's crazy. Um, the sci-fi and fantasy team has a Lou Ferrigno and Kevin Sorbo on one team. Well, that, that wow. just sounds unfair. It sounds like they would be phys- physically very uh, uh, domin- dominatory to, over the games. Um yeah. All right, but back to yes. Scooby Doo. But I think the real answer to your question is uh, is the Universal Monsters. You know, um, they they crossed oh, over with duh, each other. Oh, duh! Of course. Yeah. Yes. Um. um mm, yeah, but it's like, but is Scooby Doo the first way to do it in like a crass, uh, y- you oh, know, sure. in the way that <laughs> Warner Brothers executives try to do like every three months now, literally every three months. We had Scoob this year or last year. I'm sorry, with uh, Simon Cowell, yeah. famously. Um, the spoilers. That's the celebrity who shows up to uh, send it off the rails. And this year we have Jellystone. Did you watch Jellystone at all? I've not. Um, it looks. Pro- like it could be promising um seems like a a better idea of how to use Hanna-Barbera characters than I've seen them try before it seems yeah I mean I watched like an episode or two um I didn't stick around too long because they changed up Jabberjaw a little too much uh even though you know it seems to be very fun in general basically everyone who is on the oh god i already forgot the stupid names the toonie toonies the oh the yogi yahooies yeah. all the yogi yahooies are on jellystone and then Which you know are all the scooby doobies like, yeah, are truly like all the scooby doobies were in scoob so yeah. I remember when, All the when uh, Captain Caveman characters. Yeah, when when Scoob was was in development, and they they were pitching it as being um, the start of a Hanna Barbera cinematic universe. Yep, I was, <laughs> that's the thing yeah. they announced. I was just, I was like, you are such morons. Like even even obviously. I am a Scooby-Doo fan. Uh, Scooby-Doo matters the most to me of the Hanna-Barbera character, so I was disappointed that they were doing... That, you know, I finally got a new, real Scooby-Doo movie and that they were not really making a Scooby-Doo movie at all. But even if you were to... Anybody, like, take me out of it, my my personal stakes or whatever, um, it is, like, 
such such a a executive pitch brain thing to think oh what will get the kids excited to come to the movies <laughs> to, to to buy toys are Hanna-Barbera characters you know they really want to see Adam Ant on the big screen finally interacting with with Grape Ape and and a Cap- even Captain Caveman you know like it just it, it no kid knows who these characters are no kid cares they basically they know who Scooby-Doo is because you've done a good job of keeping his uh that that intellectual property constant this whole time um, which is why you are, why you're making a Scooby Doo movie to begin with. Bringing making all these Hanna Barbera characters show up is not going to bring in new audiences to your uh, to your IP. But do you know what's hilarious is like that's exactly what Jellystone has done. Is it seems to have developed like just a really strong fan base for all these obscure Hanna Barbera characters. Well, that, that yeah. frankly, no one's cared about in over fifty years, and just by presenting them on their own terms mm-hmm. and not making it like a an act exactly. of branding, where it's like instead of saying like, "Oh, hey, kids, look, it's Augie Doggy," instead they just have her as a character yeah. with plot lines, and you know they just let the characterization speak for themselves. It's a like, more I organic was, uh, way of doing it. I was watching some um uh I was watching some Jellystone clips earlier today uh ones with Mildew Wolf uh who you know is a pretty significant character in Laugh Olympics in almost no other Hanna-Barbera property like Mildew Wolf is even more known for being in laugh olympics than he is in being his own show do you know what show he's even in like can you name it off the top of your head no i mean i would just have assumed he was a snacklepuss character it's uh it's he was in a show called it's a wolf that was one of the segments of the Catanooga cats okay (laughs) yeah everyone loves that there were 26 episodes of It's a Wolf. It's unbelievable how much Hanna-Barbera dredge has yeah. been created. 26 Mildew Wolf episodes. Imagine anybody watching all of those or even a single one. Unbelievable. And then, you know, Mildew Wolf is based off of Paul Lind, which is so crazy because they had Paul Lind as an actual character. Like, you know, they had Paul Lind as the hooded claw in Penelope Pitstop. Right. But, like, Mildew Wolf is somebody pretending to be Paul Lind, right? Yeah. Which then raises the question in Laugh Olympics like, oh, the two announcers are like the two gay coded mm-hmm. <laughs> Hanna Barbera uh, furries. Like, yeah. that's a weird distinction to make. No, but anyway, uh, I was watching these, like, uh, clips from Jellystone of Mildew Wolf, and, like, the idea is that he's just, like, this really horny gay character who keeps, like, flirting with the, um, like, the really buff genie man who's from, like, some obscure action cartoon. Like, he keeps breaking his legs on purpose so that the genie can rescue him. (laughs) And, and like, all the the people in the comments were like, 
man, I love that mildew wolf. <laughs> Reminds me of he could be a has been hotel character. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, every one of these things has like there's got to be there there are people out there who remember like, "Oh yeah, I love I love uh mildew wolf. I watch that all the time." You know, um um Let's see. Uh, let me pick one of these characters. Mr. Jinx is my favorite yeah, Hanna Barbera from the Pixie character. and Dixie show. Exactly. Everyone loves this guy and those little those little mouse guys, of course. Um, but then there's there's like twelve of those people for each character, which is not enough to sustain a Hanna Barbera cinematic universe, especially if, like Laugh Olympics, you're not going to bring in the actual heavy hitters. You don't have Fred Flintstone or the Jetsons. Yeah, or, that's true. You know. Well, they do. They do cameo. They make sure, but like, why Fred, are they? What's the, the reason of not having them at all? <laughs> well, because they don't fit into the. Because Hannah. Scooby well, we should actually fit. tell the audiences what Laugh Olympics. Yeah, I guess is. I should. Explain so we don't have first. to cover the show yet, but yeah. we should at least tell them what the premise is. So, uh, to, yeah. So, um, Scooby's All Star Laugh Olympics is a parody of Battle of the Network Stars, um, which is already pro- as, as if you know if, if Peter didn't know this esoteric piece of media, I doubt that my uh, millions of listeners do t- too. But basically, uh, it's a. Every episode is a collection of uh, competitions between Hanna-Barbera characters. Uh, every episode, they're in two different places in, around the world, and it's the Scooby-Doo has a team, Yogi Bear has a team, and then there's a team of villains, and they compete in games. And yeah, they all it. compete in different Olympic-style games. Yeah. Um that are some that, in theory themed to the location they're at. Yeah, so they always go to two locations per episode, and it starts off. This is episode two, so it's like Alcapulco and England, right? Yeah. So it's like oh, like cliff diving in Alcapulco or climbing up Big Ben in England, etc. So those are like the normal ones, but as it goes on. It's like, oh, we're going to Sherwood Forest. Like, we're going back in time. Or we're going to Transylvania. Warsaw, Poland. <laughs> I'm like, why? Warsaw? I <laughs> I have many associations of Warsaw in my mind, and none of them are fun or sport-themed. Let's put it that way. Um and then the final episode is Siam and the Moon. Yeah, very uh, curious about that one. <laughs> yes, I am likewise very curious. But you know, even so, though I'm, yeah, I'm sure if I watched it, it would be just like the, like watching this episode, which is oh okay, this is um, nothing. <laughs> this is mind-numbingly nothing. Yeah, the reason why I chose this episode is that this was a pretty standard episode. Um, and it had Jabberjaw in it. Those were my two, uh, <laughs> my two choices. But yeah, okay. So we have three teams. Mm-hmm. One team, Scooby's team, is all mystery solvers. Yeah. So you have Scooby Doo as the team captain, and Shaggy, 
But like everyone else, it's like you have Dino Mutt, Blue Falcon, Scooby Dumb too. Can't forget you get you got to have both of them. Scooby Dumb, 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 Dumb. Yeah, everyone's favorite character. We love Scooby Dumb. Scooby Dumb does not appear this episode though. Uh, well, he is there. He doesn't have a line, but he's yeah. there. Uh, yeah, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, um, Speed Buggy um, and Tinker. Mm-hmm. Which having Tinker and Shaggy both on the same team is really. Uh, not good for uh convincing me that they are two separate characters because they look identical <laughs> yeah tinker is just shaggy in a jumpsuit yeah. i mistook them frequently um you have captain caveman in all three teen angels you have babu from genie that's right you have like the sidekick genie from the animated version of i dream of genie which is in a different continuity as the television show right I mean, yeah i think that's it well i mean they probably could not get uh <laughs> the license to use genie in this as well and then hong kong fooey rolls uh I, rounds out the team i didn't see hong kong fooey at all i really wish that i did frankly because i am very nostalgic for watching hong kong fooey reruns on boomerang even though um it's probably very racist <laughs> oh i'm sure i mean i'm going off of the uh the page on laugholympics.fandom.com um which has Ooh, hong kong has its own wiki I yeah think. it does it's not on the scooby-doo wiki at all which is even further uh proof that <laughs> i we did not have to cover this whatsoever <laughs> but um uh scooby uh the the yeah he's the last one on the scooby doobies and it says no lines next to his name so he has no lines <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and th- then the other big team of heroes. So those are the mystery solvers, and the other big team are the Yogi Yahooies, which are all the like furry characters, mm-hmm. like the Anther ones. You got Yogi and Bear, s- of course, and Boo Boo. Mm-hmm. Um, Cindy, mis- Yaki Doodle, Huckleberry Hound, Pixie Dixie, and Mister Jinx. Mm-hmm. Wally Ho- Gator. Who is Hokey Wolf? Oh God, he looks this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, hokey. Who is he? Just he's just Yogi, but a wolf. Yeah, he has a. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, Hokey was the star of his own segment, Hokey Wolf, on the Huckleberry Hound Show, where he would come up with schemes to trick unsuspected people with his sidekick Dingaling. His segment (laughs) was the replacement for Yogi's segment after Yogi got his own show. So yeah, he literally is just a replacement of Yogi Bear. Uh, but then you got Super Snooper and Blabbermouth, also with no lines. Someone named Yaki Doodle. Oh, that's the Yaki Doodle is duck. a duck. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Quick Draw McGraw is also there on his team. Uh oh, they're not even. Oh, had, did you see this image, Ethan? Um, let me link it to you. Uh, it's a poster that has all, it has every single, uh, Laugh Olympics character. There are 45 characters, they say, in the, uh, in the opening. I sent uh, it in the general yeah, chat. I'm looking at it now. Um, and it was very helpful, uh, to me to, uh, keep track of these characters. Let's see who... Oh, oh yeah, and Grape Ape is also on that team. Forgot to mention. Grape Ape and, and Wally Gator. Snooper and Blabber, I didn't see them once. I think that they 
I mean, in the polo sequence, everybody is on the field, so they're like there very briefly. But when you have this many characters on one team, it's impossible to give them all something to do. I mean, the the teen angels—that's the name of of caveman's crew yep. of ladies. Yes, three teen angels. Yeah, they don't have any lines either, but they're there. Um, and then we get like, okay, so Scooby, the Scooby Doobies are in theory the the A team. Right, they're, yeah. the, they're the team of your most popular characters, uh, in in theory. Uh, then you have the the B team, which is you know you got a, a few heavy hitters on 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 Yogi's team. You know you got Huckleberry Hound and and uh, Yogi Bear, obviously, and and uh, Quick Draw is people know Quick Draw. Uh, but then you get into yeah. really just the 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 C tier like nothing characters which are the really rottens the team of villains okay but do you know the story with the really rottens i I, are you referring to the fact that it's not dick dastardly and mutley uh yes yeah yeah. um yeah the really rottens the villain team like none of them are from previous hanna-barbera shows they're all original characters except for one um Yep. yep you have mumbly and dread baron yeah. because they want they wanted mutley to be uh the the head of the team right and he'd do his little laugh <laughs> all of that but the wacky racers characters are partially owned by some other company so instead they have mumbly who is a character they had from an earlier show named detective mumbly yeah. But it's the same character design as yeah. Muttley, but he was just like a character, a good character who solved mysteries, who would just do the laugh, but it was a different character from Muttley. And, but they just made him evil now. And they introduced this other character, Dread Baron, who is just a, a dick dastardly in a Baron costume, but yeah. it's a different, it's an original character. Do not steal. Yeah, but then otherwise they have Daisy Mayhem, who is a lady. Uh, I am a. That's her thing. She's I, a lady. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Daisy Mayhem. I just want to put that on the pod right now. She's, she's got like great seven energy. feet tall, yeah. and she beats up people. Um, uh, she's she has a pet pig named Suey Pig. Uh, there's an octopus named Orful Octopus. Okay, <laughs> and the creepies, which are like just barely a parody of the Adams family, um, like it's nothing. Nothing's there. Uh, you got the uh, Dalton Bros, which are dirty, dastardly, and dinky. Yeah, which are nothing either. But then my favorite is the Great Fondue, who is the my Fondue magician. Yes, exactly. And his uh, he's got a, a rabbit friend who hangs out with him. Um, and then Snagglepuss is the referee and uh, or the reporter. And uh, yeah, Snagglepuss and Middle Mildew Wolf share uh, uh, reporting duties. So. Uh, um, 
All right. What do we what do we want to do? Do we want to talk about the plot of this? I I, I actually have more stuff to yes, talk please, about because I <laughs> we keep going this is my bad because we're like, I don't know, like who cares about any sort of structure to this because like who gives a shit about the Laugh Olympics? Yeah. I wanted to I'll go ahead and say right now, get it out of the way by get it out of the way like forty minutes into the episode or whatever. Oh, it's only been a half hour. But um yeah, we're, we're I wanted to tell you then uh, a Scooby-Doo themed coffee bar just opened right by my house. Excuse me? Three minutes away. What? Yeah. Are you um, serious? It's called a Jinkies Coffee and Hangout. That's awesome. And I brought a lot of... I'm, I'm showing this on camera. I brought a lot of... Uh, I can't, I can't, oh, wait, yeah, no. It's being blocked out by my so background. Um, <laughs> Looks like you're holding up that thing. Uh, Okay, I got a bunch of uh, themed Scooby-Doo drinks. <laughs> okay, okay, great. That I wanted to try yeah. out on the pod. Without question, um, sure. Um, okay, Jinkies Coffee Bar. That's so cool. it's themed around Scooby-Doo in the 70s. Um, okay. Because I guess, like, Scooby-Doo isn't, you know, like, enough to... Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if they just did Scooby-Doo, then they would get sued, right? So, like, when you go inside, they're always playing, like, Led Zeppelin music, and there's, like, album covers on the walls, right, and floral sure. patterns. Uh, but I got a coffee here. This is their specialty coffee, which I've been sipping it a little bit because I have been thirsty. Also, it's late at night. I shouldn't be drinking this. <laughs> but this is the Zoinks. Okay. Um it's a mocha that uses uh, mineral water or sparkling water. Okay. So it's 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 a um bubble. It's bubblinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. <laughs> Do you feel zoinked while drinking it? Like, is it? Is I'm it... a little zoinked. Okay. Uh, mostly from drinking espresso at 7 p.m. Sure. <laughs> But that's just the coffee. Um, what the the Scooby Doo theming mostly um, goes to their specialty lemonades. They have a lemonade themed around every member of the mystery team. Okay. I got three of them today. I got the Velma, the Daphne, and the Shaggy. Okay. Uh, which one should I try first? Uh, is one of them just a standard lemonade? Or nope. Okay. okay. Well then, let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, alphabetical so start with the daphne all right so daphne so they're all colored uh-huh. to be they're themed around yeah. their respective uh their, their respective costumes so daphne is a lavender lemonade oh uh, okay interesting yeah let's see <laughs> watch me slurp this on uh you can by the way if you can maybe i should lean off <laughs> of a camera to to slurp this but um all right let's see how it tastes Hmm. Lavender flavored drink. What do we think? It tastes lavender. It's actually <laughs> a lot stronger than I anticipated. I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Sure. I've had lavender flavored drinks before, but they're usually a whole lot of nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like the yeah. slightest Yeah. The slightest twinge. And this one is actually very heavily lavender flavored. And lavender isn't even a real flavor it's a fucking color it's a it's a flower you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like oh this actually tastes like flower syrup like how do they make a flower syrup all right that's interesting all right 
Uh, I'll do the Velma next. The okay. Velma is a... The Velma is an orange, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Velma is like... It's like an orange... Maybe like orange cranberry or something. Oh, orange strawberry. That's that's the flavor. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. That's really good. I was kind of like hesitant about the lavender. Um, and I didn't want to just like flat out shit on it, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a strong choice. You gotta, you gotta be interested in lavender to get that. Yeah, this, this tastes really good. This is like a really nice, uh, citrusy drink, but you know, you have the strawberry to kind of balance out the strong right. oranginess of it all. Watch me. I'm going to be on Doughboys next week. My 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 top tier food critique. Oh yeah. Uh you know, it has kind of an oranginess, but then uh <laughs> the strawberry really balances it out, Wags. <laughs> That's great. You killed that. Okay. I would say if you ever do get invited onto the Doughboys, maybe don't uh, impersonate them to their face while you're on the show oh no i i definitely will that's my tragedy i can't help it and then i ha- i saved the craziest for last this that is, is the a shaggy cr- that's an absurd color i will say i've never I, it is bright like it green it's cotton candy yeah. flavored yeah yeah definitely and then not let's see nature. the others were the fred is a blueberry and then Scooby is bomb pop flavored so i okay. think it's like strawberry and like i think it's strawberry and orange so no the, no wait no this, not not stra- it's blueberry and orange i meant is the scooby-doo one um, brown like his fur or is it like, i asked the color of his collar i asked the cashier she says it's kind of a muddy because nobody okay. wants to drink a brown drink right, right. but it's yeah. kind of like a dark she said it's like the Velma, but darker. So, you know, kind of a dark orange, a okay. burnt orange. That's sure. kind of a very um, uh, merciful way to say brown. All right, let's... Oh, this is going to be a cotton candy lemonade? Oh, jeez. Well, you know, I mean, that's all natural flavors, you know. Oh, zoinks! <laughs> <laughs> wow, this tastes very bright. <laughs> You're drinking the cotton candy glob right there. Let me tell you. I get a bit of the sugariness, but ironically, mm-hmm. this is the one that tastes the most like a lemonade, right? Interesting. Just like a sweet well, because it's like yeah. cotton candy is is sugar flavoring. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like yeah. if it's just diluted, undiluted sugar, then you get the lemons left behind, right? Yeah. You don't have any other fruit flavors or what have you balancing it out. Oh. All right. I like two of those. Sorry, Daphne. <laughs> I mean, like I said, that's a very strong flavor to lead with. The lavender. I didn't it. expect the lavender to be so uh, intense. Sure, sure. Um. Okay. Uh. <laughs> thank you for... <laughs> That might have been terrible radio, but no, thanks for sitting me 
Hey, Jesse, Jesse <laughs> opened and ate Pez on this show. So, you know, that's about as... Oh, that's a Scooby-Doo Pez? Yeah, exactly. That's at least as entertaining oh. as that. <laughs> yeah, and Pez all taste the same. Man, once so I It's been 10 years since the last time I've had Pez. Yeah, yeah. All right. I have one more order of business before... By all means, please. ...we get to the episode proper and we do more of our freaking laugh olympics discussion and i got a i got oh, a shirt right yes. here yeah yeah this, oh, is, is this it, is gonna come up eventually is it mirrored no oh, i can read I it to... i can read it yeah yeah okay i have a shirt that says it, it's that meme format that was like really big a few years ago i don't know where it came from the ampersand like x shirt. and yeah. x and y and yeah z and w do you know where that comes from i don't know but like if you go to any like red bubble page for any piece of property that'll be the ampersand shirt where it'll be like yeah exactly Ross it'd be like Rachel and monica yeah yeah paul and george and john <laughs> and ringo like i know that those are the beatles peter and paul and mary <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but anyway mine i got this at gamestop for uh three dollars perfect uh because they were going out of business and it's like a triple extra large um because it was the only one they had left in stock so i look positively obese when i'm walking around in this shirt but i promise you i've lost 15 pounds since the last time i've been on this show that's great um yeah, thank you. Uh, the trick is drinking water. <laughs> the trick is drinking not three lemonades in a row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I ate light today in because uh, I didn't know just how sugary these lemonades would be. Right. But my shirt says uh, Saiyan and Super Saiyan and Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. Right. Uh, because we had a bit of Scooby-Doo news that arrived last month. Um, I don't know. Do, uh, how do we even start to broach this conversation? So there was uh, a, the, there's a new direct DVD, uh, Mortal Kombat animated film. Yeah, and, it would have been Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms because last year they did Scorpion's Revenge. It's the same. It's WB Animation, so the same people who make all the, um, you know, direct to DVD Warner Brothers movies, and like, I I haven't seen those Mortal Kombat movies, but people really like Scorpion's Revenge for like, finally being like a pretty direct and good adaptation of the first Mortal Kombat game because the Mortal Kombat games have really intense lore. Yeah. And then, you know, stuff like the new movie that came out earlier this year just make up their own shit and then yeah. everyone's unhappy because like the games have such intense story, why don't you just adapt that? Um and so I think this new movie that came out earlier this year is doing the same thing for like Mortal Kombat two and three, perhaps. Oh, um, okay, the the one you just talked that just came out last month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's just continuing on where Scorpion's Revenge left off. So this movie um, came out, and uh, we're not going to talk about the movie because all that matters is the literally the first opening seconds, which is the uh, the. Uh, 
Warner Brothers animation logo, uh, there was a variant where... Um, yeah, well, in the first one, I'm going to cut you off quickly, because what the first one did, Squ- what Scorpions did... Uh, some, I'm sorry. What Scorpion's Revenge did is they had a gag where, you know, Warner Brothers logo, Porky Pig comes out. Wait, no, or it's Daff- Daffy. Daffy comes out yeah. and he's like, um, and then, of course, Scorpion says, get over here. And he kills Daphne. Whoa. I keep saying Daphne. Yeah, I mean Daffy. Yeah, Daffy I, don't want, I don't want Daphne to die. She doesn't. She's been treated ill enough yeah. by the Scooby-Doo franchise. Um, Scorpion kills Daffy Duck in the uh, opening. It's like an Easter egg, you know, fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it's Porky Pig. Wait, no. I keep mix- messing it up. I'm sorry. I think it's Porky Pig in the original because he's doing the abri abri and then like this new one starts with daffy duck that gets killed by scorpion but then yeah but then shaggy scorpion's doing his moves shaggy shows up but it's not just any shaggy it is as some have grown to call him ultra instinct shaggy uh, which I think we talked about it briefly in the last time you were here. Uh, those memes uh, about I mentioned it offhandedly yeah. that there is a uh, a brand of uh, Scooby Doo memes that I was very invested in. Yeah. Um. But I did not say what it was at the time. So so yeah so the Shaggy has basically there were these memes where Shaggy was like the ultimate most powerful character in all of uh, any any fandom anywhere, right? Uh, that he could destroy Thanos using only 1% of his power and all these things. And, and they were drawing him like a Dragon Ball Z character, which is where the, the Super Saiyan comes in, as your, as your shirt says. Yeah, well, it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> oh God, I'm I I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but like, how much are we gonna talk about friggin' Laugh Olympics? Hey, I got okay. pages and pages of notes on Acapulco. Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know, um, how much do you know about Dragon Ball? Like, how much can you tell me about the overall narrative arc of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z? Uh, at least, at least in terms of Goku's power-ups. Uh, oh, well, I know that, that, like, he becomes, he gets powerful when he goes, like, Super Saiyan mode is, like, whenever you get, like, when you're, like, go crazy and, like, your hair goes white or whatever and you get all this, the, the powers. But then eventually they were like, okay, but what if there was something beyond Super Saiyan? And then, like, what if there was something beyond that? And, like, just more and more power to make it cooler and cooler as the show goes on because you have to up the stakes. Exactly. So it's like, so it was supposed to end, the whole saga was supposed to end with uh, Frieza, right? Where, like, Mm -hmm. Goku finally defeats the intergalactic overlord that killed, that genocided his whole race, right? And he does it by finally going Super Saiyan. He goes blonde, his power level goes up to a million or something. Over Um, 9,000, of course. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's actually quite a few... uh, That's like 100 episodes earlier. uh, Because we spent quite a lot of time on the 
on the planet of Namek, to say the least. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, he finally does it. He's like, it's they've been foreshadowing that Goku might be able to be this person of legend, and he finally does it. So the story is over for good, right? He kills Frieza, he goes Super Saiyan, his hair turns blonde, except Akira Toriyama's editors wanted the story to go forward because now it was selling like hotcakes. Like, it always was selling like hotcakes, but now it's selling even better than before. So he's like, oh, oh God. Um, um." So we have a time skip, right? Uh, It's been a few years. Now there's this genetic abomination named Cell who's going to, like, destroy the whole planet. And Goku's son, Gohan, who's been, like, tagging along for all of Goku's adventures. Like, he was tagging along when Goku was fighting Vegeta, when he was fighting Frieza, etc. Now he's going to take on his dad's title. Like, his father, Goku, dies fighting Cell. And then Gohan, in his grief, in his pain, becomes the first person in history to go beyond Super Saiyan. He goes Super Saiyan 2, which means his hair gets bigger and even blonder, right? This part about Gohan is really important for later, I promise. I I believe you. (laughs) It is, it is, it is important. Um, So... Gohan goes Super Saiyan 2 and eliminates Cell forever. And that's where the story is supposed to end, right? With Goku's death. And Gohan is like the next generation of supernatural martial artist crime fighter who protects the world. Uh, But then Akira Toriyama's editors forced him to keep going. (laughs) Even though he had almost no idea. So cut to like 15 years later or, you know, a decade, whatever. Gohan's now a teenager. He's fighting crime. He's about to enter his own martial arts tournament when a genie gets unleashed named Boo and he starts destroying the world, yada, yada. And, you know, and you think the logic would be that, oh, Gohan has is forced to go beyond, right, to live up to the legacy of his father. Um, into like save the world once and for all but instead what happens is that Goku who's dead gets resurrected for one day and turns out he's been training in heaven this whole time so he's even more jacked than ever before (laughs) so he steals the spotlight from his own son he rests protagonist status away from gohan and he goes super saiyan 3 which means his hair his blonde hair is so big that it now it's a mullet it's a mullet that goes down to his ankles a massive blonde mullet that's filled with like lightning bolts it's one of the craziest things you've ever seen um (laughs) i believe you and that's that's where Z ends. Like Goku is brought back. They wish him back somehow. They bring him back to life for some bullshit reason. Um, and Akira Toriyama finally forces his editors to let him take a break. Right? He finally finishes the Dragon Ball Z manga. Um, except the people at Toei aren't very happy with this, so they fund Toei is a the new season. Studio. Yeah, so yes, Toei is the animation studio. So they create a new season called Dragon Ball GT, 
which is not based off of any manga. They're just riding by the seat of their pants. They're season eight of Gaming Thronesing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that well received. So it only goes for like 50 episodes or something. And then it ends. Oh, the one conceit they have in the show is that uh, Goku is part of a race called the the Saiyans or the Saiyajin or the Saiya people, depending on your dub, on your localization. Um, you know, and they're Goku and his whole ethnicity, his whole alien race are based off of Sun Wukong from Journey into the West, the Monkey King. The Monkey King and yes. the fact that he's based off of the Monkey King is very obvious in the early portions of Dragon Ball and becomes more and more abstracted throughout the science fiction portions of Dragon he Ball Z. He has a right? tail initially, correct? Is that yes, correct? he has a tail, and the big side effect of him having a tail is that whenever it's exposed to the full moon, he turns into Ozaru, a giant ape, and he wrecks house, and then, you know, there's some arc where Bulma and Krillin and Oolong have to run away. Oh! Oh no, yeah. he's an ape now. And then that lasts for um, twelve episodes and then they get onto the Yeah, next. and then he wakes up and Goku's like, Oh, what happened? Um Yeah. That would and be then the ones eventually... that people tell you to skip as you're trying to make it to the uh the the big battle with Frieza or whatever. Yeah, and then eventually what's hilarious is they eventually just start and, and, like, these tails are portrayed as, like, erogenous zones, right? Like, if you grab someone by the tail, they're like, oh, you know, they're, like, they're in your power, right? So, they start just, they're, they're, they start, they just circumcise Goku. That's what it ends up being. They cut his tail off. And then this also applies to his sons. They start saying, like, well, if we just need to cut off the tails of, like, Gohan and Goten, etc., when they're babies so that they don't turn into giant moon ape monsters, which is a crazy thing. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) because they've run out of ideas, these people who aren't Akira Toriyama, because they've run out of ideas by Dragon Ball GT... They think, oh, what if, and let's see, I'm trying to think if this is the right order of events. You turn into a giant ape, so you, you like grow your tail back somehow through some sort of means. You, you turn into a giant ape, then as an ape, you go Super Saiyan. Okay. <laughs> so you're a giant golden ape, and then as a giant golden Super Saiyan monkey, you turn back into a human. And when right. you do that, then you become Super Saiyan 4, yes. <laughs> which means that you just have like you're you just have like giant red ape chest hair. And you're not blonde anymore, you're just really jacked with like monkey muscles. And everyone, well, and that was kind of stupid, frankly. So that's why. Uh, So cut to 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. We have announcement for, uh, well, we we get a new movie uh, called Battle of the Gods, which is the first canon Dragon Ball project in 
two decades. Akira Toriyama, he's not writing manga anymore, but he's like, oh, I'll give you story ideas. So it's basically based off of my will, right? And it's ignoring GT. That's important. So Super Saiyan 4 isn't a thing anymore. Rest in pepperoni, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But... (laughs) But this movie, Battle of the Gods, like, oh, there's, like, this ancient destroyer god who rules over Earth, and he's been asleep for, like, 50,000 years, and he wakes up, and he wants to fight Goku, because Goku's the only strong person left around. But nobody else is. Even when he's Super Saiyan 3, he's not strong enough. So, oh, man, there's a new legend that we totally forgot about. A new legend we're mentioning for the first time called Super Saiyan God. And this is such, it's such bullshit. It's so specific where it's like, oh yes, if six people who are super saiyan, uh, hold hands and stand in a circle, then maybe you can summon the god of the super saiyans. Well, that just Um, makes sense. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it's like, why would there be this legend about there being six super saiyans? Because like, there's only like the the whole legend was that like just having one that's the legend is having one at all why would you have a different legend that's predicated on six of these beings existing right yeah but uh yeah but whatever they have like him they have uh goku's rival turned friend vegeta his son trunks they have uh gohan or, yeah they have goku's two sons um uh, Gohan and Goten. Uh, so that's five Saiyans. They have five Saiyans, right? Um, who can go Super Saiyan by that point in the story. Uh, except like, oh no, we only have five. We need six. Right. Good thing. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. Good thing that Gohan married his teenage sweetheart Videl and had just knocked her up four months earlier. So she says... I didn't want to announce it this way, but I'm pregnant with a quarter Super Saiyan child. And she stands in the circle in the circle and the fetus of Pan, who is Goku's granddaughter, uh-huh. also turns Super Saiyan. Okay. That allows Goku to go Super Saiyan God. <laughs> and that means he has red hair now. He has red hair. Great. He's a red haired super Saiyan. He's a super Saiyan God. Anyway, (laughs) so that happens. And then they announce a new show, Dragon Ball Super, that goes on for like 150 episodes where it's like, okay, it's Goku's new adventures after this battle of the gods. Right. Right. Except by then they're like, oh man, Super Saiyan God isn't exciting anymore. So, like, what do we do now? Well, what if they're using the same logic here? Hmm. Oh, what were you asking, Ethan? I've been going on forever. I recognize that. No, you're good. I mean, you got you got to go further than Super Saiyan God. I mean, come on. You got to go super further than Super Saiyan God. What were you about to ask? No, I just mean like (laughs) it's crazy. Keep going. Please. I know that that's what what's why the saga is so fun is how uh stupid it gets. Um but they're going to use the same logic as Super Saiyan 4 where like oh if you turn into a different state then you right. can stack being Super Saiyan on top of it, right? 
and that turn that's like a different thing entirely so in dragon ball super they figure out what if goku went super saiyan god and then once he's in super saiyan god form he goes super saiyan on top of that what would happen? and uh he goes super saiyan god super saiyan <laughs> Okay. <laughs> which is uh on my shirt by the way it's the official yeah, yeah, name of the forum yeah. super saiyan god super saiyan it makes your hair go blue red and blonde combine that's blue obviously mm -hmm. obviously yeah. obviously yeah green would have been cool but i guess blue is that would be cool um and there's an arc in uh <laughs> there's an arc in a Dragon Ball Super where an evil god hijacks Goku's body from the future and becomes an evil Goku named Goku Black and he goes Super Saiyan but since he's using god chi as opposed to mortal chi god divine powers plus super saiyan makes your hair go pink so he goes super saiyan rosé <laughs> okay and i might be shitting you or this could be something that really happened <laughs> oh jesus uh, okay. <laughs> spoilers it actually happened yes super saiyan rose with bright pink hair is also a thing now so, um how does this eventually lead yes, to shaggy uh, rogers we are finally we finally built up to it i thank you for being so patient um the final arc of dragon ball super is and it's where it gets good, by the way, because like Dragon Ball Super is like hilariously mediocre for most of it okay. itself. It's like so painfully bland and average, but that's like why it rules to watch because you're so fucking Stockholm syndrome yeah. like I am that you just watch every single episode like I did. Um, So you get to the Tournament of Power where God says to Goku like hey there's 12 there's a multiverse there's 12 different planes and i'm thinking of destroying eight of them just okay. because there's like too many human beings around i'll destroy the eight weakest i think that's it oh yeah he shoot takes the eight weakest planes and he's like uh oh, maybe i should destroy him what do you think, Goku? You're like one of the most powerful beings around by this point. And Goku says, how about we do a fighting tournament? <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, that's and so Goku and his and friends end up... <laughs> yes, Goku and his friends end up in a free-for-all fighting tournament where them and people from seven other planes of existence fight to determine like which of these eight different multiverses or universes are still going to exist whoever's left behind is gonna you know not be destroyed and so like they're not just fighting for the fate of the earth they're fighting for the fate of their whole reality so they even bring back like yeah former villains like frieza and so forth to fight on their side they bring frieza back from the dead because they're like frieza you're so evil but you know we know that like you would do anything to preserve this universe right all right cut to latin america ah, ah, ah. <laughs> cut to latin america uh latin americans are famously big fans of 90s anime 
especially Dragon Ball Z. The Latin American dub of Dragon Ball Z is one of the most, you know, people say, like Mexicans say it's better than the original dub, uh, the original Japanese version. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but what's important is that it's good enough that they can assert that with a straight face, sure. yeah. right? Um, on, on Latin American Dragon Ball Z fan Twitter, there is a lot of... Um, a lot of people are upset about how Gohan has been treated throughout the entirety of Dragon Ball Super and really the last 25 years of Dragon Ball lore, right? Because he's Goku's son. He was supposed to be the end goal protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. The Cell Saga ends with him taking the reins of protagonist status from his father. But then Goku comes back from the je- dead in just a like upstages him again and again and again goku is the one who ends up getting all the cool new moves all the cool new powers while gohan just ends up living a comfortable life as a college professor which is like fine he gets a good ending for him but like so many fans were upset that uh he you know he could have been so much more it was promised that he would be so much more and so (laughs) Latin American fans started theorizing, apropos of nothing, that, like, it was obvious that a character was gonna go get a new form throughout the Tournament of Power. Like, someone had to get a new Mm -hmm. form, right? Someone. And so they hypothesized that Gohan would get a new form of Super Saiyan where he got white hair. And they called this Gohan Blanco. Okay. And what they started doing is they started uh, creating like YouTube videos. They started hand animating YouTube videos where Gohan finally got came into his own and became Gohan Blanco and defeated Jiren or other big antagonists from the Tournament of Power. This became yeah. the idea of inserting Gohan into like already existing footage as like this deus ex machina protagonist caught on so hard and it's what really sets the groundwork for shaggy that's (laughs) that's important throughout the tournament spoilers goku is the one who gets a new form it's not a super saiyan it's just called ultra instinct and it just means you're so tuned in to reality to the way the the vibes of the universe etc that you basically are able to dodge your enemy's attacks before they even happen also your hair turns white <laughs> which, that's, that's which is the biggest slap <laughs> in the face like literally yeah. imagine a full calendar year of latin american fans saying like oh please gohan gohan blanco Gohan Blanco is going to be a thing. Gohan Blanco is going to be the end game of Dragon Ball Super. And then Goku Blanco Blanco is the end result. It's so sick. It's frankly sick. So Goku uh, <laughs> Goku Ultra Instinct happens. And what's key is that every time it happens, you get the same theme song 
over and over and over again. It's very repetitive. It's uh, Ultimate Battle by Akira Kushida, who sung the Space Sheriff Gavon theme in like 1973 or whatever. Where it's like always slow motion of Goku dodging, blah, blah, blah. Spoilers, Earth wins the Tournament of Power. Goku isn't even the end winner. It's the person who you didn't expect. That was a neat uh, uh, element of it. But then, huh, around this time, <laughs> someone edited a clip of Scooby-Doo in The Legend of the Phantasaur. <laughs> yes. A famous scene, which I'm sure you've seen, Ethan, yes. of Shaggy is a costed by bar punks yeah and for whatever reason i don't is this going back to shaggy being a famous gymnast you know is uh, that it uh it's been a while for whatever reason shaggy is able to outfight <laughs> every single one of these motorcycle thugs yeah. and um someone just put the Dragon Ball Super music over it. Ka 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 chidase. They edited Shaggy to have white hair, and the rest is history. It started a whole, you know, category of meme of just people, you know, talking about like, oh, what if Shaggy went Ultra Instinct? That's it. People were editing Shaggy into previous episodes. People were making CGI compilations of shaggy fighting against uh, you know like thanos or whoever um but like what i what i find so intriguing about it is that it's really perverting the the genuine love that latin american fans had for gohan blanco Mm -hmm. um But that is, Gohan Blanco is the foundation on which uh, Ultra Shaggy memes exist. Uh, and anyway, Ultra yeah. Shaggy showed up in one of these freaking... <laughs> yeah, they, they put him in an actual movie. They put him at the beginning of the, the yeah. Mortal Kombat movie. In case you forgot Though what we were talking about after all this time. Yeah. Though what's important to realize is that the Shaggy in this Mortal Kombat intro has a green aura rather than a white aura. So, you know, plausible deniability. Right. But yeah, the, that Shaggy um, I'm grabs gonna send Scorpion you... because he is just so powerful that he can, uh, he can take out Scorpion. And he says, get over here, right? My, my yes yeah. yeah exactly get movie. over here okay yeah so, uh, so, so i just sent you a fake yeah. uh official canon db power rankings from mm-hmm. around this time where it was a mix of this is like a mix of like actual dragon ball super characters it's a mix of like genuine latin american um canon predictions as well as like really shit posty you know uh scooby-doo or dragon ball 
you know, like fake entries. Like, you know, you have Gohan Blanco at S rank, but like triple S rank is Gohan Calvo, which yeah. is Gohan edited to be bald. <laughs> and my personal favorite at a, a five S's is Super Saiyan 4 Shaggy Roho, yeah, which is yeah. Shaggy is the reluctant werewolf. Shaggy, of course. Yes, exactly. It's Red Shirt Shaggy, who's obviously gone reluctant werewolf, went Super Saiyan, then turned back into normal Shaggy to be <laughs> Super Saiyan 4. Uh, so I, I looked it up because um, I was curious because I, I have not seen Phantasaur since it first came out like over 10 years ago. So I couldn't remember the plot of it. Um, but uh, the reason why Shaggy is so powerful in that fight is because uh, that movie involves him getting hypnotized so that he's no longer afraid of anything and as we so now he is oh uh, really yes so now he is uh, uh transmitting his energy into being able to to pull off feats of strength he rides a motorcycle really well that kind of thing um so that's that's why he is his power. so honestly he basically has ultra instinct because he has no fear yeah exactly it's he goes you know he has to lose himself to the music the moment you never ever let it go uh just like goku did at the climax of the tournament of power that's right okay thank you honestly <sighs> I, I i appreciate that context because i really didn't understand why those things all those memes and things were happening um but uh, it's really cool to know how we got to that yeah, point. Yeah, you should also definitely put, like, time codes in the end <laughs> episode if they Probably. want to skip the, uh, <laughs> the, the Super Saiyan, the history of being Super Saiyan explanation. <laughs> the Dragon Ball Z, uh, yeah, the whole history of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah um well yeah, i but I, I think it's it. important to realize just like the absurdity of like how many levels of bullshit they're on uh to get to mm-hmm. a power set like ultra instinct you know well, what just I mean? ha- and also just like how much history of of weird nonsense uh builds up to get you to a point where this shaggy thing happens at the beginning of a direct-to-dvd mortal Kombat movie you know, like like just knowing yes, how many exactly. how many cogs were at play there, um, but the time has come. Ah, oh, we finally get to talk about the Laugh Olympics. <laughs> Scooby Doo's All Star Laugh Olympics, season one, episode two. So this show was a two hour block um, that would God. air. It was a uh, a block of. Um, uh, four cartoons which is uh um it was scooby-doo the scooby-doo show um which was the reboot mm-hmm. that was basically just doing where are you again and then it was uh there would be an episode so there'd be an episode of that there'd be an episode of uh captain or not captain falcon cheese sorry sorry there there's Blue falcon. zero zero connection between the two whatsoever you could never get them confused in history. No, yeah, it was uh, so it was uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, um, the Laugh Olympic show, which was new, being created just for this uh, this new block, and then uh, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels was the fourth show. 
Okay, looking at this, this makes a lot more sense that uh, Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics, it's sort of saying like, ah, oh, you know, it's like Laugh Olympics featuring like mm. Scooby-Doo, Blue yeah. Falcon, and Captain Caveman. Like now that I understand yeah. that those are the other three shows that were on the block, it feels like more, you know, it feels more even-handed. And it also makes sense. I was like, you know, I was going to ask like, you earlier when we're... these three? Yeah. Yeah, or just, like, when, or more, like, on the composition, because I think that, like, the the Yogi Yahooies, like, the composition of that team makes sense. Even if it's, like, a lot of characters I don't know, it seems like it's pretty balanced. Um, while, like, uh, the scooby Doobies seemed really weird, where, like, despite being, like, the Mystery Solver team, they didn't have that much representation from the Mystery Solver shows. Like... They yeah, only Josie need a, isn't there. They don't need um, all four. The, uh, funky. F- yeah, exactly. It's like like why like Jabberjaw would be perfect exactly. on that team, yeah. you know? Funky like Phantom why would, isn't there? Uh, they don't need all four Captain Cavemen in Teen Angels, is what I'm saying. Yeah, especially, especially because yeah. the Teen Angels are all interchangeable in this show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. It's weird. Um, I also think that like if they really wanted to make a Hanna-Barbera All-Stars thing, they should have just gone for it. Get the Jetsons in there. Get the the Smurfs in there. You know, why not? Get them all. Get a, get a, get a crazy Did you look up... Did you look up this, the uh, successor to the show, uh, Yogi's Space Race? I have not watched an episode of that. Scooby-Doo is not in it. I, refu- I will not be watching it. We will not be covering it. Yes. <laughs> I was I was trying to find I was like kind of I was hoping Scooby Doo would show up because I was like oh I would love to watch an episode of Yogi Space Race which literally just uses the Star Wars logo like yeah. <laughs> uh, like they it's like imagine this but like with worse shows like yeah. their three uh sh- other shows on the block besides Yogi Space Race is Galaxy Goof Ups. Which has its Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound as intergalactic police officers. What? Oh, the Buford Files, which is Scooby Doo, this... but worse. And the Galloping Ghost, which yep. is the Funky Phantom, but worse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, at this point, it's really like it's it's a copy of a copy of a copy at that point. <laughs> Just everything yeah. that Anna Barbera was doing. Because, uh, yeah, they were. They really by like by like the eighties they were they were just in a terrible place. <laughs> um, but, uh yeah, to say the very least. <laughs> but uh, this is the start of the Laugh Olympics, so you would think you know this is the best that they got. They have not run out of ideas at this point. This is only episode two. <laughs> um, and it's uh yeah, this aired September seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven, Acapulco. And England. So let's start with Acapulco. Uh, this is um, really could have been anywhere, I would say, because it doesn't seem to have very yeah, many, uh, just tropical location. They do a few for Acapulco. They do a water events. Yeah. So the first event is cliff diving, um, and uh, Mildew Wolf explains the um, the rules. It's very simple. Yeah, each team gets a guy to jump off of a cliff, and um, the trick is that the you have to time it with the tide. So 
if you time it, time it wrong, then the tide will pull out and you will crash into the ground. And if you get it correctly, then the uh, water will catch you. You will do a good job. And there are judges who will judge you based on how impressive of a dive you do. Uh, you know, there's a lot of seems to be a lot of things that are uh, a lot of rules to this event because like there's a there's a meter that judges how difficult the jump that you've done is and then there's also the judges that are judging you and the rule that like you can't hit the ground um so can we talk about how fucked up the scoring system is for the oh, not for this but for the laugh olympics as a whole it's nonsense so the like i assumed it would just be like okay you get a medal like the Olympics, you know, you get uh, gold, silver, bronze. There are three teams. And then they'll add them up at the end of Acapulco, and that'll be whoever won yeah. that. And then the end of England. But it, it carries over the whole thing, and it's a points-based system. So if you if you come in first, you get 25 points. You come in second, you get 15. You come in third, you get 10. But again, there are only 10 te- or three teams. Um, yeah, but it's like it's it's a different it's only a difference of five points between second yes. and third. No yeah. wonder the the dastardly diddlies or whatever their name is <laughs> cheat all the time. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's, it's frankly not uh, worth getting second over getting first. So like in this event, mm-hmm. Fred like royally Fred Flint's wait is it Fred wait who does the ah uh, shit who does. I've got it written down. You got, uh, you got the competitors for the cliff divers are, um, Yogi Bear. Oh, it's Yogi. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Yogi. Yeah. Yogi gets a zero, 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 zero. He gets four zeros from the judges. Yeah. And, and that and wins his team 10, points, 10 points. He finished third. That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so yeah, so Yogi's up first for the Yogi Yahoo's, which is just such a terrible, terrible, terrible name for a a, a team. Like just as gibberish upon gibberish. Um, yeah. But uh, his his plan is he's got this like spring situation, but then mumbly, not mutley, <laughs> mumbly, uh, mumbly, you know, fucks with him by having a some sort of a. I don't know, like a cord or something that makes makes the spring screw up and launches him into the air. Uh, and at first, it seems like everything's going well. You know, he's doing yeah, all these. He's doing tons of uh, somersaults and whatnot. Trips, the, uh, the, uh, the difficulty air. meters going off the hook that are like, wow, this is he's incredible. Tony Hawking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he gets like a quintuple, triple spin and then crashes into the water and everything seems great. But he was out of the strike zone. He didn't land in the gorge. Uh, he just landed out in the water and apparently destroyed somebody's boat, so he gets zero points. Um, <laughs> and like at this point, I I wasn't aware of the scoring system, so I was like, okay, the yogis get nothing this round. That's how it would make sense. If you get zero points, you should get zero points. But no, they end up getting ten because they finished third. Um, then uh, then the really rottens is the villain team name. The really rottens. This is great. Uh, the the Dalton Bros are the ones who are going up, and it's like two short yeah. short guys and a big guy, uh, like a really big guy. That's their bit. They're so boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dinky Dalton has a lot of water that he like spits out um, to cushion their fall. That's their gentle way of cheating. Yeah, they but had a he contingency c- causes. 
yeah, he causes such a huge splash that the uh, other two brothers uh, hit straight sand. Mm-hmm. Their brain matter gets smushed all yeah. over the place. Yeah, they should be not good. <laughs> they should be really scrambled there. But um, it's good enough for them to come in second, I suppose. Dinky Dalton. Like, come on, what is this? The Dalton brothers... I know these names are so they're so fucking lame. It's like, nothing. It's nothing. Um, I just want Daisy Mayhem or Great Fondue on screen at all times, basically. Oh, also maybe Orful Octopus. He seemed pretty cool. I like um, I like the Great Fondue. Those three are good. Daisy, Great Fondue, and the Octopus are good because the 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 Great Fondue is just. I just like his bit. It's dumb, but I like it, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so then um, representing the Scooby Doobies, which, lol. Doobies? Like, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Doobies. Exactly. The, uh, the Scooby Doobies, you got uh, Blue Falcon sends Dog Wonder dynamut out there um, and at first i was very confused what was happening <laughs> because dynamut just kind of i can't imagine watching without... oh uh, uh, finish your thought no, uh, you i was please. just gonna go I... on a tangent about uh blue falcon <laughs> okay okay so what happens first is is uh he descends very slowly and lands perfectly in the water but the uh the idea is that actually off screen we didn't see it but he was uh extending his legs and then lowering gently uh like a cherry picker to the ground uh and that's how they won but apparently the judges ruled that that was fine because that's within what that's what he can do so he can do it why not so they come in first uh all right Please, what were you going to yeah. say about the Blue Falcon? These judges suck. No, I was just going to say, like, imagine watching the Dino Mutt hour yeah. unironically. <laughs> that's that's basically what I was going to say. Let's see. How many episodes? What? They <laughs> Do you know how many episodes of Dino Mutt Dog Wonder well, were made? Because, um... A lot, because even before they were part of this block they had their own block it was the scooby-doo dino mutt hour which maybe maybe that's after this or before it. i don't know but like gotta be but a lot ultimately right? ultimately they only made 20 episodes what so were they just rerunning yeah. them for the dino mutt hour maybe i don't know like, well it's the them. it's like 16 were made for the dino mutt hour and then there was like another like like four episodes for season two i suppose um, which means, like, does that mean that Mildew Wolf got more episodes than Dino Mutt? What yeah. is going on and here? Yet, and yet the Blue Falcon is, like, the the character that Scooby-Doo has crossed over with the most. You know, he's, yeah. all, he's all over the place these days. There's a full feature-length movie with it, within um, Curse of the Blue Falcon or whatever. He's in, he's in uh, Mystery Incorporated. There's an episode with them. Um, and then obviously they're don't the face... forget Marky Mark's turn and exactly. Scoop. They're the, f- they're the face of Scoop. <laughs> yeah. It... It's, I just like, ah, I, I, I just like, ah, it, it's so weird. You know, it's like, there's so, it's like, it's ha- weird how much of like a cultural icon 
yet like totally non-existent they are you know what i mean i like, feel like i probably dynamite watched... and blue falcon yeah. yeah they only exist as cultural icons because like scooby-doo properties keep yeah. insisting that they are you know yeah, exactly i probably um, watched a couple on on boomerang when i was a kid because i was like oh this is they hang out with scooby-doo this will be cool there's that old scooby-doo mysteries uh, movies episode with them in it so i'll watch this and yeah it's, I don't remember being interesting at all. <laughs> um, I do have to say, I love uh, uh, Blue Falcon's voice. You yeah, know, I always cracked up when he's like, Dynamites, don't do that! Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, if you were going to watch anything like that, you should be watching Johnny Quest. That's the best of the yeah. uh, the Boomerang, like, serious adventure shows. Johnny Quest is good. I, I, like I agree. I've seen every single episode of Johnny Quest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that is the cliff diving event. Um, moving on to, what is, is this just swimming? Is that, did they give this one a name? It's just swimming, uh, right? Yeah. They're just, sw- okay, fine. They're just swimming in the in the sea. <laughs> and we, we, we cut to this one in media res. Uh, and it's uh, um, Blue Falcon and Mumbly are neck and neck in the lead to win this. And, um, but... Uh, yeah, Blue Falcon gets stopped uh, to make way for a school of fish and Mumbly wins. And then it finds out that, like, they cheated somehow... Like Mumbly, what? Like Mumbly yes. told them to go. Well, so, well, so um, back in the in the far back is uh, is representing the Yogi Yahoo's. You got Doggy Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just okay. Doggy Daddy, uh, he he's losing by a lot, but he he is convinced that there's some foul play going on. So he calls out to the ref uh, that you know. I protest. There's something going on here. So we get cut to the uh, the replay, and it is um, it's revealed that not not Dick Dastardly. What's the what's the fake Dick Dastardly? A uh, Dread Baron. Yes, of course. Dread Baron was pulling Mumbly ahead uh, with a some sort of a contraption, like winching him along, and then also uh, the. Orful octopus is the one that sent the the fish out ahead, um, which. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Causes the problems there, um, and then so to judge this, they bring out their guest referee. I completely forgot the guest referee. Who plays the guest referee? Uh, it's 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 Jabberjaw, and he's like, "Nyuk nyuk nyuk." There was definitely foul play here. Yeah, yeah, your favorite guy. And then guy, he never Jabberjaw. speaks again. He never well, appears again. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so happy that Jabberjaw, uh, showed up. Uh, he and his friends don't get any respect, but no, uh, he he had a great turn as a guest referee. <laughs> yeah, this is truly the star of this episode, Jabberjaw. Uh, he he decides that this is foul play. This is unfair. Um, so. What happens is, again, foul play unfair. Instead of just giving them zero points, they knock the really rottens, they declare them third place this time. So they still get 10 points. So now... Yeah, exactly. So now the scoreboard is because 
Blue Falcon is the de facto winner, and then uh, they give Doggy Daddy second place. Uh, now the scoreboard is Scoobies have the Scooby Doobies have fifty. The rotten, the really rottens have, and the Yogi Yahooies. I can't believe I, I, I hate myself. That I have to keep saying this. They uh, both yeah. have twenty five. So Scooby Doo is pulling ahead, and because the scoring system is ridiculous, the uh, other two are tied with sec- in second place with twenty five points. Um, uh, third event is the speedboat race. You have all the who cares for the Yogi Yahoo's. Uh, I think it's Pixie me. Dixie. Yeah, that's Pixie Dixie and Mr. Jinx all on one boat. Are you kidding me? It's a powerhouse. <laughs> You're right. I should I should have disrespected them so much. <laughs> the uh, the really rotten's is Orful Octopus the pig. Uh, this, uh, the Great Fondue and Daisy Mayhem all on one boat and then finally representing the Scooby Doobies our, our main guy he's here I can see him on the boat he doesn't have a line at all this episode but he's there oh, I was gonna say like <laughs> was he there like it's I don't even remember Scooby Doo and Scooby Dumb and really and Speed Buggy and Tinker are there too. Speed buggy's wow, on the speed I don't boat. remember any of this. <laughs> Tinker is driving the speed buggy on the back of the speed boat, and then Scooby Doo and Scooby Dumb are there too. And none of them have any lines for the whole event. <laughs> yeah. Great. It's like they oh what? It's like if I remember correctly, it's like the the Yogi Yahooies are in last place because uh, Pixie and Dixie are deeply incompetent yeah. at starting a speedboat. <laughs> but they get, like, eaten by a whale. And then Mr. Jinxie has pepper, which causes them to be sneezed out across the finish line. Is that correct? Yes. While this is happening, <laughs> the Great Fondue has a, a smokescreen technique that is uh, oh yes that's causing the scooby doobies to cough a lot so we don't get any lines from the scooby doo but they have some like canned noises that i guess he made in some episode of where are you uh which play briefly <laughs> oh man I... yeah, exactly literally it's uh, like that and then obviously speed buggy's whole thing is that he coughs so i guess they had uh, uh had some <laughs> yeah some clips of that <laughs> But then while while Mr. Jinx is screaming at these two mice who are trying to to paddle the boat themselves at this point, uh, they end up swallowed by a whale, and um, and Mr. Jinx carries a pepper shaker around with them all the time, so they make the whale sneeze, and he sneezes Yeah, them. well, of course! <laughs> He's gonna eat those fucking mice one day! <laughs> yeah, so they, he sneezes He's gonna them. devour Pixie and Dixie! <laughs> Sneezes them across the finish line. They come in first, and I assumed that because this was the end of the Acapulco episode, that this would be the ending of the scoring, but it turns out they keep the scoring over into England. But the score, as it stands, is 60-50-40. So Scooby-Doo is in the lead with 60, and then the... Um... Yeah, so the Scooby-Doo's in the lead with 60, the Yogi Yahoo's have 50 and the Really Rotten's have 40. Is this confusing for you yet? I can't believe you actually kept track of the point totals. Let me just say that. It's I'm... nonsense. I also wrote down here uh, for my last note on the Acapulco episode, uh, they end the segment by saying, we're going to say aloha to sunny Acapulco. 
and they show what is a drawing of what can easily be Hawaii. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Coming up in 15 minutes, it's Scooby-Doo! Okay, so, before we get into England, Peter. Yep. Since you have been on this show, I have introduced a new game. To yeah! This game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. And the way this game works is that I collect a series of titles, some of which will be titles of a Scooby-Doo episode, some of which will be titles of something else, and it's up to you to guess. Now, in honor of your favorite guy and our guest referee, the theme for this week's episode is, is it a Scooby-Doo or a Jabberjaw episode? Oh, God. <laughs> Watch me just, like, totally die <laughs> well this one very well could be the most difficult yet because jabberjaw is implicitly i was hoping a it was like I, I, I was hoping that like it would be like uh like is this like a scooby-doo or dragon ball z episode and i just choose like oh the ones with the exclamation points are the dragon ball z episodes and i just get it's like like uh no uh uh Goku and Vegeta's great battle against Android 16 is a Scooby-Doo episode. I'm like, no! Yeah. <laughs> ah, curses! <laughs> I messed up again. I mean, I couldn't make it too easy for you. But um, there was only one season of Jabberjob, and it was around the same time as the Scooby-Doo show was on. So they, and as it turns out, they have very similar titles. So um, it's an episode of any, it could be any era of Scooby-Doo, or yeah. an episode of Jabberjaw. So here we go. The Bermuda Triangle okay. Tangle. Ah, oh, shit. Like, <sighs> uh... it's like so obviously Jabberjaw that I want to say Scooby-Doo, but I think you know that, and then it's going to be like Jabberjaw. Because they would totally like name drop. Ah. Uh... <sighs> Ah! <laughs> um, okay. Uh. Mm. I'm gonna say uh, Jabberjaw. This is Jabberjaw. Uh, oh. Intentionally started yes. with one that is that is very difficult because there's actually a Scooby-Doo episode called A Creepy Tangle in the Bermuda Triangle. So basically, they're the same titles, but this one is from Jabberjaw, so you got it right. I do have a synopsis for you um, so you can hear what your best pal was up oh, to. Oh, sure. Uh, Jabberjaw and the gang accidentally enter the, do the domain of sorceress Madame Sargasso and are taken prisoner. They discover the sorceress has oh, electromagnetic course. powers, which must be fed by diamonds. Jabberjaw must save the Neptunes after she turns them <laughs> into zombies to work her diamond mines as slaves. I have to say, my, uh, my, um, uh, oh, what's the word for when you, um, oh, shoot. Uh, my suspension of disbelief <laughs> is ruined by the fact that everyone knows that uh, the Sargasso is the North Atlantic. So, if anything, <laughs> you wouldn't have a Madame Sargasso in between Miami and Cuba. 
Uh, what, that would be impossible. <laughs> yeah. How how dare they do such um, a thing to me personally? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. But that has a lot going on. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> Jabberjaws want to cut. do. Okay. The Loch Ness mess. Oh, this is definitely a, a Scooby Doo episode. This is this uh, on a trip to Shaggy's uncle Nathaniel's house. The kids. What's it from? What well, season? The kids and the Harlem Globetrotters must again solve a mystery involving three ghosts and a sea serpent who are trying to keep everyone away from a cove that contains a sunken ship filled with treasure. I believe that is the third time the the Harlem Globetrotters appeared on uh, the new Scooby Doo movies. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay, I definitely had that in the back of my mind. I've definitely looked up this episode before. Okay. All right. Maltese mackerel. Um they wouldn't uh they wouldn't go I don't think they would go so explicitly fishy for us a, a, a scubus dubus episode. So I'm going to say Jabberjaw. Ooh, I'm sorry. This is a episode of Scooby and Scrappy Doo, in which the boys get an assignment to deliver the Maltese mackerel, a golden jewel encrusted fish, to the boat docks, but someone else wants it too and is trying to steal it from these bumbling detectives. Well, if uh, Scooby and Scrappy Doo are in the right, then I want to be wrong. I inversed. <laughs> <laughs> I got the idiom wrong, but who cares? Um, what's the next one? Okay. Help! Help! It's the Phantom Kelp! That has to be Jabberjaw. This is Jabberjaw, yes. The Phantom, using a high-powered growth ray, plans to raise an army of ferocious prehistoric plants, which would make the Aqua International Corporation bow to his demands. I was hoping it would be a help, help, it's the Hair Bear Bunch crossover. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay let's see we are halfway through you're doing pretty well okay Twenty thousand screams under the sea uh i'm gonna say scubus dubus this is scooby-doo while in mexico the kids hear of senor valdez a local fisherman who found a sea beast in the water pretty soon the beast appears at a diving contest and tries to scare everyone off as they do Okay. As they do. There's no place like outer space. Um, that has to be... That's gotta be Jabberjaw, right? Yeah, Jabberjaw. The one episode where they're inexplicably in space. Uh Uh-huh. Jabberjaw and the Neptunes run into an alien invasion as they give a concert. Have we ever have have I ever talked about with you that one um strong bad email about are you a Homestar Runner person? I think we literally did talk about this on the last episode. Maybe. Okay, we but did. Okay, good. I'm just oh, we'll just, with the okay. conversation. I might okay. Well, we don't have to talk about that, but I, I just think about it all the time when I think about Hanna Barbera cartoons. Uh, because they had this fake cartoon, Hanna Barbera, Ruby Spears esque cartoon on Homestar called Limousine, but they're in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think about, especially like you got, 
Yogi's space race or Josie and the Pussycats in outer space or Gilligan's mm-hmm. planet. They're, they they made so many of these stupid cartoons in outer space. And of course, of course, they would take Jabberjaw <laughs> into outer space as well. What's the uh, synopsis of that episode? That's all I got. That's all I got from IMDb is that they ran into an alien invasion as they gave a concert. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good enough. Okay. Two left. A bungle in the jungle. Gross. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, mm, I'll say Scooby. Yes, this is a Scooby and Scrappy-Doo episode. While on a butterfly hunt in the deep, dark jungle, the guys encounter an angry lion and run to a treehouse where they meet Nazrat of the jungle. Who thinks the guys are trespassing in his domain? Nazrat is Tarzan spelled backward. Oh, okay. I was like Naz, like yeah, <laughs> like the the critically acclaimed New York rapper who released Illmatic no. in 1993, but also a rat. <laughs> nope. Um, this is, falls into the classic category of Scrappy Doo short, where it's just the guys run away from a, a man who is bigger than them for eight minutes and that's the episode sick i love it <laughs> okay last one there's a demon shark in the foggy dark <laughs> that rules um i'm gonna i'm gonna be crazy i'm gonna say scooby-doo for this one it is a scooby-doo Ah, hell yeah. The gang's day of water skiing comes to a halt when they get tangled up in a mystery involving missing pearls and a million-year-old shark monster. That's a Scooby-Doo show episode. So very well could have aired during the Lath Olympics. It just, like, Demon Shark seems too edgy for a 1970s uh, series. I mean, well, this is from the 70s. This is contemporary. Oh, okay. So who knows? All right. All right. So Back. I think I only missed one. Yeah, you did great. You did great. Um, your Jabberjaw knowledge uh, comes through. <laughs> you've, you've proven yourself. Yeah, my, my critical thinking skills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the Laugh Olympics. Let's, let's get through this because we got to talk about England. And now back to Scooby Doo. Jolly old England. Yeah. Um, first, they climb Big Ben, and we get uh, like Shaggy's yep. one appearance in the episode. Shaggy is a significant part of this sequence, so I was at least happy to see that, you know, there was something Scooby Doo related in this episode. Casey Kasem had. I- unique lines <laughs> yeah shaggy gets like catapulted up and he like grabs onto big ben onto I, the clock tower i thought like, their he, their bit was was funny because it was the the blue falcon had a rope tied around shaggy and then an anchor on the other end of the rope and just threw the anchor up at the top um oh which, that's right yeah what's well, a funny image i thought it was funny uh and then uh 
Quick Draw McGraw, Quick Draw McGraw is for the Yahoo Yahooies. I'm getting better. I I don't know if how good it is that I actually am internalizing their dumb team names, right? But um, he just uh, uh plugs on. Uh, he has uh toilet plungers, right? And he just crawls up that way. Uh, he walks disturbingly like a horse. Did this concern you at all? Yeah, it's I, I it was very weird the animation like he weirdly because he's like anthropomorphic normally Mm -hmm. right but like here he's like walking up and he looks like an actual horse yeah it's and i found it very uncanny valley to see him act like moving like a horse um and then on the other team it's the stupid dinky dastardly brothers again we love the dalton bros my favorite characters um so yeah, so Shaggy and yeah, they sucked. <laughs> Shaggy and Quickdraw are stuck on the clock face together. Um, the uh, Snagglepuss gets in his helicopter and flies up there to interview Shaggy during the race, and his helicopter cuts through Shaggy's rope, which I think is unfair. <laughs> Personally, unfair. Uh, but then yeah, the uh, the Dinky guys get to the top first because uh, the big brother jumps on the one end of a seesaw that the other brother is standing on. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just a, such a silly, like, okay, so we have them in England. What English activities do we want them to do? Uh, well, Big Ben is in England, so they're going to race up Big Ben. Why not? That's an English I mean, name. it's not very... They're not re- really creative for a lot of these. Like, in France, they just climb up the Eiffel Tower, for example. Um, yep. in When they're they, in like, Egypt, had... they climb up the Great Pyramid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they have, like, half a bit where Yogi is now Sir Yogi, but that doesn't go anywhere. It was just like, okay. That's just filling up time. Um, but... At the end of this round, now the point totals are 70, 65, 65. Scooby is still in the lead, and then the other two teams are tied at 65. The points are nonsense. They mean nothing. Mm. <laughs> um, they mean nothing. Next event is a fox hunt, which at first I was like, excuse me? A what? The, my favorite character is going to be killing a fox. <laughs> I know, murdering foxes. <laughs> but uh, it turns out that um, the, the, the nature of the event is just that they have to run a fox up a tree. Uh, you know, it's the classic English hunting party thing of they're all on horseback chasing a poor animal through the woods. It made me uncomfortable how anthropomorphic this fox was. <laughs> um, <laughs> He just and looks... then ultimately, the fox runs all of them up the tree, right? Yes, he outfoxes them, tricks them into running wait, ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. 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 Uh, he tricks them into running up this tree, and uh, and then the great fondue tries to make him go away, but instead makes him even bigger. So now he looks even more anthropomorphic. And, I mean, if you told me that... The Fox then had a 40-episode show that was a, a short segment in the middle of, you know, 
Josie and the Pussycats. In the middle of the Huckleberry the Hound show. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> That's the fox. <laughs> in the middle of the Snagglepuss hour. Yeah, exactly. But, uh... <laughs> it's so stupid. Because they, uh... Get run up the tree. And do None any of, of them, them get points this time? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think so, Peter. You would you would think that they would all get disqualified for not doing what was asked of. Okay. I honestly don't remember. Like, I just remember nothing about the foxes. Like, at this point, I was like, man, is my chicken bake going to finish? <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> what happens is they give everybody... 15 points including the fox the fox is now in the running <laughs> foxes gets 15 points too uh so it's 15 15 15 it's now it was 70 65 65 uh-oh, there, there could have been some real shakeup in this round but no now it's exactly where we were before now it is uh 85 80 80 so that was yes. all pointless that did not have to happen whatsoever uh yeah but um, that takes us to our final round, which is the most inexplicable and the most difficult to follow what is happening, which is... Uh, yeah, it's my, and honestly, this is actually the one event that I kind of enjoyed because it was just freeform gags. Yeah, um, yeah. It was skateboard polo. Um, so, like, polo, you know, with the horses, but they're all skateboarding and skateboarding rules. Sure. So they're all so all the different teams have like different gags going on like Sir Yogi is kind of skitter scattering around and then um uh you know Speed Buggy is like auto shooting uh Speed Buggy uh, Speed Buggering Tinker are like like automatically shooting balls in but like dynamite is yeah. fetching all of them but that was the one that was the it. joke i really liked they really did I thought yeah that was i was funny. like oh my god a good like really it was like oh this is the only funny thing that's happened yeah they keep hitting the ball laugh olympics he, yeah. i'm a bronze right now sister <laughs> <laughs> you barely count as olympics but i'm definitely not laughing <laughs> yeah exactly this was like that was like the one gag that like made me smile uh also you know you had even though they kind of it kind of went on a little too long like because you got the gag pretty quickly but then like uh blue falcons like dynamut this isn't fetch this is a different game and then dynamut's like well uh, i don't even <laughs> dynamut has some stupid voice You're the like, fact that dynamut, how was i supposed to know yeah. you know the fact that dynamut and scooby dumb are both in this show is just demented who okayed that decision <laughs> yeah it's overkill like, <laughs> insane at least scooby scooby dumb had nothing at least to dynamut do. Has, probably has shows up cy- cyborg powers or whatever <laughs> yeah 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 but yes thank god this scooby dumb does not have any lines <laughs> we, we yeah what's so crazy line. i know we've talked about it so much but like you could have the teams and you would still barely find mm-hmm. like they would still be too many people if the teams were cut in half yeah right it's unreal how big these teams are um you and, don't need yeah three angels no that's all i'm saying i agree that's all i'm saying i mean i guess it's good to that there's at least a like 
more than two female characters on the field but if they don't have any lines then what's the point you're not it's they might as well not be there <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly do we really, like how many anthropomorphic dogs do we really need out there do we need hokey wolf too hokey wolf <laughs> come on he has nothing <laughs> who's that or the ones that have no lines what are their names uh hang on um, or or the or the 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 detective dog. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Man, uh, Snooper uh, and Blabber. Like, come on, <laughs> Snooper and Blabber. Oh, Snooper is a cat. Maybe who gives? Snooper a shit? is a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy. Yeah. Let's count the dogs. Why don't we? We have Doggy Daddy, yeah. Augie Doggy, Hokey Wolf, Huckleberry Hound. Um, then we have Scooby Doo, Wolf, and Wolf. uh. Scooby Doo, Scooby uh, Dum, Dino Mutt, Mumbly, and Hong Kong Fooey. They're all there. That's. Yeah. I wasn't even counting because I got lost interest. But too many. Too many dogs. Come on. Too many darn dogs. But, um. What happens at the end of this is the, the Rottens have rigged the ball so that no matter who hits it, it goes into their goal. And then Yogi also had something had some sort of sticky wicket. Yes, he had chewing gum at the end of his polo stick, which made uh, the ball yes. stick to it. So the Yogi and the Rottens are both disqualified. So even though the Scooby Doobies did not score a single goal in the game of skateboard polo, they win the game and win the episode overall. They are the winners of. But they said something like, oh, but because two people were disqualified, nobody gets any points. Sure. Why not? Well, then either way. Which like means somehow, like, I don't know how this stupid math works, but it was like set back to the beginning of the England portion. Like Scooby Doobies, they end up winning with 70 points. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, (laughs) Which like. How mm, they win? Yeah, whatever. they win even though they did. They win even though they did not win a single event in England. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, and then at the very end, we get a actual line from Scooby Doo, where they are interviewing him as the captain of the team, uh, how he feels. Snagglepuss asks, or one of them, Snagglepuss of the Wolf, they ask, "Are you happy to have won the whole pie?" And Scooby goes, oh, pizza pie, pizza pie. Yeah, that was so stupid. He was like, pie, <laughs> like pizza pie. Yum! I'm like, what? You stupid dog. Just, th- <laughs> just, <laughs> okay. Just please stop thinking about food for one moment. It's like you're and, in a yeah. press conference. Be professional, you fool. And as I was, yeah, as I was sitting there, I was like, um. What am, why did why did why did we do this? Why did I ask Peter to come on and discuss the Laugh Olympics? If we had never covered this, I don't think anybody ever would have brought it up or asked. <laughs> this yeah, is all but, for this for this terrible line from Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> like a pizza pie. Like Scooby enjoys normal pie, right? He likes all yeah. food. Like why? You don't qualifying it as a pizza pie, like what? Like, and who calls it pizza pie anyway? Like, like a Chicagoan with their <laughs> fake ass, cake ass pizza? Maybe. Come on, come on, come on. 
Hey, I'm all, for, I'm all for them calling it Pizza Pod because that's one extra word that Scooby-Doo gets to say. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> and that is Scooby-Doo's All-Star Laugh Olympics, Season 1, Episode 2, Acapulco in England. You know what? I'm, um, I'm very glad that we covered this. Because if we had covered any other episode of Scooby-Doo, we would probably still have another hour left to talk about <laughs> with everything else that we've discussed yeah. so far. So I'm glad that this one was very simple. Um, we will rank it in our heavy metal tier list, but before we do that, Peter, it's time for Jinkies or Stinkies. This Jonkies is, or Stonkies? Exactly. This is the flagship game of heavy metal. It is... <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the this is the what's the most exciting event we watched? Uh, this is the cliff diving of uh, of our lap Olympics here. Um, the way this game works is each week I find six stories or facts relating to the episode, and some of those stories will be true, which are jinkies. Some of them will be fake, mm-hmm. which are stinkies. Uh, Stonkies. Exactly. I was having difficulty because I couldn't find you know six stories about fox hunting or cliff diving mm. or anything like that so i just mm-hmm. went with we're covering the lap olympics i have six stories about the olympics all right okay cool great and i'll try to answer these fast too because we have been going long <laughs> <laughs> all right Anyone can compete in the Olympics, no matter their age. The oldest athlete to compete in the history of the Games was Oscar Swan, a 72-year-old from Sweden who competed in the shooting category. 71-year-old Hiroshi Hoketsu completed as, competed as an equestrian in the 2012 Games and had the opportunity to become the oldest in history at 75 for the Rio Games, but was unable to compete when his horse became ill. Uh, those are the oldest athletes. But who are the youngest? The 2020 Tokyo Games introduced skateboarding as a category, which featured several athletes between the ages of 13 and 15. But they aren't the youngest. No, the true youngest Olympian makes them look ancient. Clocking in at seven, maybe six years old, the real youngest competitor entered the 1900 Olympic rowing competition at the last minute, replacing a coxswain for the Dutch team. No one knows who he is or how old he was, with only a single picture surviving to prove he ever existed or competed at all. The Dutch team, with the help of its cherubic athlete, won the gold. Is that a jinky or a stinky? I'm going to say a jinky because those 1900 games were bug nuts. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and it is true. Okay. I was going to say, because it's normal, like, it's normal for, like, Olympic gymnasts to be 14 or whatever, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, even skateboarding, my God, yeah. they watch, did they all watch Skate the Infinity, the hit new, <laughs> uh, the hit new hot anime boy anime from earlier this Probably. year? Probably, <laughs> to be honest. Um, all right. All right. What's next? <laughs> With the prevalence of the Russian doping scandal, one might believe that cheating in the Olympics is a modern idea. But the truth is, evidence of cheating goes all the way back to the days in ancient Greece. 
A wrestling match depicted on the side of an ancient cup depicts one wrestler trying to gouge out the eyes of another, who is biting him repeatedly. Some athletes tried to hex their competition. They would inscribe curses into strips of lead and leave them at key places in the athletic facility. There were even examples of doping all the way back then, as supposedly a type of lizard meat would eat in a certain way was considered a magical performance enhancement. The most prevalent example of cheating was acts of bribery. During the 98th Olympics held in 388 BC, a boxer from Thessaly bribed three of his opponents to let him win. When officials found out, all four men were fined heavily and they erected massive statues of Zeus, which stood to remind future cheaters of the consequences of bribery. Uh, I'm going to say a jinky. That's a jinky. You're right. All right. Yes. You're, do you're doing great. You're at 100% so far. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of research into pancration, um, into like ancient Greco-Roman wrestling. Uh, so... Okay, <laughs> let's continue. You're doing great. Since the 1936 Olympics, the Olympic torch relay is one of the most enduring traditions in the history of the Games. Originally devised as a propagandist example of Nazi exceptionalism, it has evolved into somewhat of an arms race to see which host city can carry the flame the furthest or in the most extravagant ways. The torch has been to the bottom of the deepest lake in the world, to the International Space Station, the North Pole, and even has been blessed by the Pope. There have been several mishaps over the years. A 73-year-old torchbearer died of a heart attack a few hours after passing off the flame. At least one person has set himself on fire during the journey. And on the transportation to the Kremlin, the flame was mysteriously extinguished. When asked, a Russian official said, quote, You shouldn't devote any special attention to what happened. Is that a jinky or stinky? I'm going to say a uh, stinky. That one is a jinky. It's all true. All oh, that's weird. To the, yeah. Um, suspicious. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about, like, sending the torch to, like, the bottom of a lake. Like, yeah, why uh, would you bother? <laughs> just to prove that you could. Uh, just to prove that you could. There was one I saw that, I don't know how to accurately describe it, so I didn't put it in, but they, like, turned, they somehow according to them at least turned the flame into code and then sent the code to a computer someplace else and that computer transmitted the code into a laser which lit a t another torch wow yeah exactly that's <laughs> a lot of work okay, sure. for what Whatever. <laughs> okay sure sure here we go all are welcome at the olympic games except apparently Birds. The second I mean. modern Olympics were held in Paris in the year 1900. The game organizers decided to use this opportunity to help quell the pigeon population in the city. Live pigeon shooting was an Olympic event that was held once and only once that year. 54 competitors engaged in a competition where live birds were released in front of them. You were eliminated from the competition when you missed two birds with the goal being to kill as many birds as possible. Unlike most events, there was a cash prize to the winner, a total of 20,000 francs, which went to the victor from Belgium who murdered 21 birds. A total of 300 birds were killed in, during this event, but this would not be the first mass avian murder in Olympic history. For the 1988 Olympics in Seoul, Korea, the organizers wanted a grand spectacle for the opening ceremony. 
they decided to submit, submit a message of peace by lighting a giant Olympic torch, which would ignite as a flock of doves flew off simultaneously. Unfortunately, for an unknown reason, the birds did not fly away when the torch was lit, so they all instantly went up in flames in front of the thousands of spectators in the stadium and all of the viewers watching the live broadcast. Um, I'm going to say stinky on this one just because I know that it's so hard to get new Olympic events off the ground. And I don't know, it just like pigeon shooting seems so absurd. I feel like I would have heard of it. Well, I mean, it was over 100 years ago. Wait, wait. 1900. Wait, when did you... The year was oh, 1900. It's at the ni- oh, it's at the 1900 one. I thought you said it was like at the 1981. No, sorry. sorry oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll still say... I'll, I'll double down. Uh, I'll say stinky anyway. Well, it is a jinky. I apologize if my, uh, if my lack of enunciation was, uh, was no, uh, guilty. Darn. Well, okay, sure. But that makes more sense now why I was like given out in francs. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Here we go. You got two left. You've got two right and two wrong so far. Yeah. Perhaps the most absurd marathon ever ran was the 1904 Olympic men's marathon, which seemed to literally. This is a jinky. It is a jinky. I'm going to read it. um, But I've, I've like read about this. It's I've yeah, it's incredible. I'm going to read it anyway, because it's fun. Sure. I enjoy the Go story. for it. Go for it. Perhaps the most absurd uh, marathon ever ran was the 1904 Olympic men's marathon, which seemed to literally let anyone race. Ten men from Greece participated despite having never run a marathon before. Two members of the Suwana tribe were in St. Louis for the World's Fair and ran the race barefoot. Cuban Felix Carabajal uh, hitchhiked to the race from New Orleans and ran the marathon in a dress shirt beret and loafers the race did not close traffic in parts of the marathon and the runners had to avoid trains trolleys and people walking their dogs one of the south african participants was chased a mile off course by a pack of wild dogs felix the cuban i mentioned before stole some peaches and apples along the way and got such bad stomach cramps he lay down and took a nap during the race the winner was an american who finished in just under three hours a record time only to be disqualified when it was revealed that he hitched a ride on a car for 11 of the 26 miles. That's a jinx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just crazy, yeah. hilarious stuff. Okay. One more. Last one, baby. For as long as the Olympics have been held, there have been protests alongside them. Some of the world's biggest statements have been made on the world's biggest stage. Easily the most famous and arguably most significant was the 1968 Black Power Salute, but this was not the only statement made at the 68 Olympics. Overshadowed, perhaps, by this massive event, in his post-game interview after winning the gold in the men's 50-meter freestyle, California native Danny Keegan decided it was his time to make a statement. In front of reporters from dozens of countries, Danny declared that he would never swim again, until Charles Manson was released from prison. His reasoning? Manson could still have some good songs in him. Manson, who had just been sent to to jail the year prior, had tried to sell songs to the Beach Boys. When asked a follow-up question, Danny said, Look, I don't know if he's a great songwriter, we may never know, but we have to give him the chance. He 
he might have the next good vibrations up there in his head. I'm going to say stinky. This is a stinky, it's true. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I don't know if the... Because that Beach Boys thing is true, but I don't know how well known that would have been at the time. That he was, like, friends, like, weirdly friends with Dennis Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I actually co-opted this from a different but true story. There were protests to try to get Charles Manson out of jail um, Mm. because of the music thing. But it was years later. Uh, But I did... Oh, I see. Yeah, just the, the, the tying it into the 68 Olympics just made the most sense to me. But, yes, good job. Weird jinkies or stinkies around, but it's all good. We had fun anyway. All right. We have to somehow rank this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so we have a tier list. There are five tiers. From the top yeah. is the golden scoop tier. Down from that is the groovy tier. Down from that is the just another mystery tier. Then we have Scooby Dumb. And at the bottom, rut row. Now, I don't think that we should split them up, which I thought we would do initially, but the episode <laughs> is Acapulco and England. It's one episode. They bring the they, they carry the points over the whole time. So we're going to rank the whole thing as one. Yeah. Um, I was going to... Here's the thing. I was going to kind of say, like, oh, this is pretty representative of what, like, a middle-of-the-line Laugh Olympics episode would be. So I yeah. was going to say, like just another mystery but i think that pizza pie line demotes it to scooby dumb i think that's totally fair yeah 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 um uh i'm just like at the very end you're just like again like you said like i sat through all of this for this yeah exactly this is how you fucking reward me (laughs) there are certainly episodes out there that must have at least five good bits in them right there must be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, this has like three quarters of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Scooby Dumb is a good place for it because it is certainly dumb. Yeah. Uh, all right. We we did it. We did the damn thing. We talked this whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, feel free to cut me down. Well, that's what I tell everyone. Um, but like, seriously, feel free to cut me down. Um, uh We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling when I'm re-listening. I might be like, God, why is he still talking about Dragon Ball Z? But I enjoyed I know, it right? in the moment, for sure. So we'll see. I <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I really am very happy that you did. Um, I was happy thank to you hear for from having you me on again, Ethan. This was really nice. I haven't, um, I haven't been on a pod in a hot minute, and I was well, about to start complaining to the gods. Why isn't anyone <laughs> uh, platforming me? Well, I, 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 I could sense it. Maybe the, maybe the gods were telling me. <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, as, you know, for the people? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just talk about... I, I have my own show, the Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod, where we go over episodes of uh, the 1994 Power Rangers-esque series, uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, haven't really done any many episodes recently because i don't know i got a new job and or i've been depressed you know like it happens yeah, um, for sure yeah. and just uh my my co-host has had a lot of new changes in her life 
so it's been hard for us to um record episodes but our last episode is with g Bowden, uh one of the main actors for the superhuman samurai uh cyber squad that's great and we had like this lengthy multi-hour long conversation with him about um kind of uh gay and native american representation on 1990s television and it's a very hard-hitting conversation uh normally it's a pretty goofy show but like this episode's actually very serious and academic and you know a capital i important in my opinion um so that was uh, an incredible episode and i'm glad that we were able to record that very cool yeah that's 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 awesome uh definitely check that out everybody um if you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at the real brundine you can follow the show at heavy metal pod um if you like the show tell your friends word of mouth is a great way to get people listening to niche podcasts like this so if you if you know somebody you think might have fun let them know if you know somebody who likes Dragon Ball Z, uh, for sure, send them this way, and then they can have such a great time that they will find Peter Bushman and want to follow him to all of his outlets where he can talk about these things even further. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, reach out to me on all of my many platforms. I'm, I'm barely online, but, you know, if you're desperate to get in touch with me you'll find a way i trust in your critical uh (laughs) your your investigative skills absolutely Uh, um one more thank you to peter for joining me thank you to everybody who listened to this whole thing you're the best i can't believe anyone want to listen to me talk for even an hour so two is it still better. rules that your like closing theme is from a uh, scooby-doo goes hollywood heck yeah of course it Some, is which um, we're yeah. gonna have to do that one day because that's something that i was like i'm clearly the only human alive who's seen scooby-doo goes hollywood yeah probably um, the only person is like oh i know what that song is from <laughs> um, and then and then like i once i heard it on your show i was like oh my god <laughs> Ethan no, has also yeah, seen scooby-doo goes hollywood which is like the most hyper specific set of 1970s tv parodies um (laughs) that's ever existed possibly it's it's what a weird product is it Uh (laughs) isn't it (laughs) well we don't have time to get into it today but really maybe at at some point we will um but until then as a teaser go ahead and listen to the song here in a couple of seconds because i'm gonna tell you to all you meddling kids out there Remember to stay groovy. Ooh, 